women have some unique uh, faces in life that can help us to identify higher risk women. For instance, uh, women who start with migraines from their teens and 20s onwards, and this can be a migraine uh, related to the, the menstrual cycle, yes or no, but we know that premenopausal migraine is associated with uh, a higher risk for cardiovascular disease and also development of hypertension. And then, you know, disturbances, hormonal disturbances, premenopausal, for instance, PCOS, we know that it leads to more metabolic uh, diseases and also hypertension. Hi, I am Eva Gertz, professor from University of Bergen in Norway. And I am here together with uh, Professor Isabella Sudano, from the University of Zurich. And our guest today is uh, Professor Angela Maas from Nijmegen in the Netherlands. And we are here to discuss sex differences in hypertension. So uh, Angela, why did you become so interested in sex differences in uh, coronary artery disease? Well, uh, in my, my training in the 80s, uh, my training in cardiology, um, the standard patient was uh, a male patient and many women just didn't fit in that model. Uh, women had less obstructive coronary artery disease. Um, the diagnostic pathways that, we, that, that were developed to diagnose obstructive coronary artery disease were not suited for many of our female patients. So there sh should have been a different pathophysiology. Uh, and well, and also uh, the patients uh, were not happy any longer 30 years ago with, you know, incomplete answers to their symptoms. So I had to change the way of thinking about female patients. Yeah, Angela, this is very, very important, and we are pretty happy to have you here in this discussion. So let's start. What do we know about sex difference in risk factor for coronary artery disease? Well, of course, we have the lifestyle factors, we have the traditional risk factors. But if you look, for instance, at uh, smoking, uh, smoking has almost uh, a twofold higher risk for myocardial infarctions and strokes at younger age. Uh, if you compare uh, the risk in men and women below 55 years of age, uh, the smokers, uh, the smoking women, have a twofold higher risk for an event. So at older age, uh, the, the difference in risk dilutes. Um, and what we also know, if we look at the traditional risk factors, that below, let's say, 55 years in general, uh, men more often have uh, higher blood pressure, hypertension, and uh, elevated cholesterol levels. But after the age of 55, this reverses. And if when we look at older age in the patient group uh, above 70 years of age, we see that uh, female patients 
have a, a higher clustering of traditional cardiovascular risk factors. So that, that's an important difference. So it's not only the, the, the sex difference, but also a difference uh, within age groups among men and women. Uh, well, as you pointed out, there are differences uh, in the traditional risk factors for cardiovascular disease. But it was recently pointed out also uh, in the literature that actually these traditional risk factors are more like risk factors for a type 1 myocardial infarction. So could you say something about risk factors for type 2 myocardial infarction that is twice as common, I guess? in women compared to men. That's right. Um, uh, well, we, we now tend to call it MINOCAS, myocardial infarctions with non-obstructive coronary arteries. Uh, there are different types. The myocardial infarctions caused by uh, spasm in the epicardial and or uh, microvascular coronary arteries but also coronary artery dissections. Uh, we know now that uh, in women below 60 years, at least 25% of all minocas are, are caused by a SCUT, a spontaneous coronary artery dissection. And we know within the group of SCUT patients that 90% of, of them are women and that about 25% uh, of them, or one-third, uh, have hypertension, but no other traditional risk factors. But uh, when we do an appropriate screening afterwards of the renal and um, cranial uh, arteries, we see that about 30 to 40% of SCAT patients have uh, signs of FMD, fibromuscular dysplasia. And uh, in, in other minoca patients caused by vasospasm, we know that uh, chronic inflammatory uh, diseases uh, are risk variables for uh, uh, coronary vasomotor dysfunction and uh, vasospastic myocardial infarctions. So, uh, but, but also in those patients, you know, the traditional risk factors will contribute. It's not or, or, but it's often uh, together. And we also know that the, the, the plugs are different in type one and type two myocardial infarctions. In type 1 myocardial infarctions, there's a plaque rupture and thrombus formation. This is a bit a traditional myocardial infarction. But in type 2 uh, minoca patients, we more often have uh, erosive plaques with peripheral uh, trom uh, um, thrombosis. So the pathophysiology uh, is different among patient groups, and also age groups. We see the minocas in uh, women most often between 40 and 70 years. That's the most important group of patients. And at older age, the traditional risk factors dominate and also the type 1 myocardial infarctions. 
Thank you, Angela. You touched a couple of times the myocardial infarction and risk factor in young women. And the epidemiological study showed that there is an increase in diagnosis of myocardial infarction in young women across different countries. So we can optimistic saying, okay, we are doing better. We recognize the symptoms of a myocardial infarction better in young women, but are there other underlying factors for this oxidation? Yeah, I think we have to bear in mind that the 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 well the the time frame that we are living in uh, is more demanding also for female patients to combine uh, the household, the children, but also a career in jobs, and this is now quite different from 30, 40 years ago. So uh, many women have a lot of work to do, and the factor stress. Uh, is getting more and more important, but also um, uh, climate change and and you know noise, um, the way we live, um, also causes uh, chronic inflammation, which is also the basis for menopause, um, uh, uh, for instance. So stress is an equally important risk factor as uh, hypertension or diabetes or dyslipidemia or obesity. And, you know, the way we live nowadays is more stressful than it used to be. And women deal differently with stress uh, than men. You know, men, they can park stress until the next day and look at a football match and have a beer. Uh, but women with stress, you know, they keep on, on stressing the whole night. So that, that's, that's an important difference. Oh, some wonderful points you had there, Angela, I must <laughs> say. As you know, uh, I've been very interested in uh, how um, uh, the, uh, the hypertension or the blood pressure damages uh, the heart in silence, so to speak. So we are more into preclinical uh, disease or hypertensive heart disease. And um, what has evolved over the years is particularly that women are more prone to develop these uh, uh, different types of hypertensive heart disease that left ventricular hypertrophy or in a dilated left atrium. So uh, could you say something about, uh, about what, the, uh, what the, these sex differences in hypertensive heart disease has for an impact on the, the clinical uh, disorders that we see? Yeah, it, yeah, you're right that the impact of uh, hypertension on end organ damage seems to be uh, more severe in women compared to men. And I think there are several factors involved with that. We don't have a clear answer yet. But uh, in the first place, um, when we measure high blood pressure in a male patient, we call it hypertension. And in women, we tend to call it stress. And even women themselves, they also always have an excuse or apologize when their blood pressure is elevated at their patient clinic. Uh, so 
they 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 don't believe they have hypertension and and also their doctors are not so willing to start medication as they do in men so there's also a conception in the heads of doctors that it happens more often in men but uh in addition um of course women have a smaller diameter of their uh, uh arteries and uh, we are, we're starting now in the literature, the discussion, and also in the paper that you 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 shared, uh, uh, shared uh, Eva, that uh, it may be that normal values of blood pressure should be lower uh, in women compared to similar aged men to avoid the more severe and organ damage, but. I think we need to look more into the large data sets that they are uh, present, but it may be that within five years time, we will have different uh, normal values uh, with lower blood pressure values being normal in women compared to men. And so, and if we look at hypertension worldwide, it's on every continent, it is the most severe cardiovascular and deadly cardiovascular risk factor in women. So we have to take it more seriously and we have to notice the women more earlier who uh, come with premature hypertension. And those are often the women um, that have um, coronary of cardiovascular disease in their families who had uh, a few miscarriages in their pregnancies, who had hypertension in uh, one or more uh, pregnancies. Those are the women who start with uh, hypertension, higher blood pressure values early in life compared to other women. So it's important to compare uh, uh, women and men, but it's even more important to select uh, the women who are prone to develop premature hypertension um, early in life. Uh, so to discriminate between low-risk and high-risk women. Thank you. We are talking a lot about myocardial infarction, hypertensive heart disease, and both as in common that can lead to heart failure. And it's known that in women, some risk factor, hypertension with the others, are more important risk factor than in men. Why is this so? Well, um, well, uh, for instance, um, the most uh, one of the most important uh, risk factors to develop HEF-PEF, heart failure with reserved ejection fraction, is hypertension, which is in many women also combined with uh, diabetes. And the combination is even worse than, uh, than only diabetes or only hypertension. Uh, and we know that HEF-PEF is still a very underdiagnosed because you know many physicians haven't learned from the start how to diagnose uh, HEFPEF. And to, to, to see the early stages of HEFPEF, you need, uh, um, for instance, ECHO with uh, knowledge of the appropriate criteria. And it may be difficult to, to see it properly. For instance, in women with overweight or large breasts, it can be difficult to diagnose uh, HEFPEF in, in, in a good way. 
uh, it's often easier uh, in men. So there are barriers for uh, early uh, recognition of uh, half path. So often uh, the diagnosis is made at a late stage when women are over 70 and then, you know, they have severe symptoms uh, and uh, impairment of their uh, physical condition. Yes, you have talked a lot about uh, how uh, women perceive the information uh, that uh, they have high blood pressure uh, and try to explain why it isn't the case. And you have also talked about uh, sex differences actually and risk factors that vary across uh, the lifespan or the life course of uh, a yeah. of, uh, woman. So um, if you should give some uh, recommendations about how we best can, in a way, identify high-risk women uh, for cardiovascular disease in the three age groups, young, middle-aged, old, what, what would you say about this? Well, I think for this, uh, uh, perhaps women are more easy than men because women have some unique uh, phases in life that can help us to identify higher risk women. For instance, uh, women who start with migraines from their teens and 20s onwards, and this can be a migraine uh, related to the, the menstrual cycle, yes or no. But we know that premenopausal migraine is associated with uh, a higher risk for cardiovascular disease and also development of hypertension. And then, you know, disturbances, hormonal disturbances, premenopausal, for instance, PCOS, we know that it leads to more metabolic uh, diseases and also hypertension. Um, then the pregnancy problems, as I mentioned before, and also women with an early natural menopause before the age of 40, those are also women having a higher risk. And we also know that women with ongoing vasomotor symptoms after menopause, so the 55, 56 plus women who keep having a lot of vasomotor symptoms, those women also have a higher risk. And often in all those women, uh, cardiovascular disease is also, and risk factors, is also more present in, uh, in their families. And what we can do nowadays, we have done a study in women after preeclampsia. We have done uh, coronary calcium scores with a CT scan at the age of 50. And in normal uh, low-risk women, you won't see any coronary calcium at the age of uh, 50. It's normal to get a bit of calcium deposition after the age of 60, 65, but not at the age of 50. And we saw in women after preeclampsia, in one third of those women, um, uh, already coronary calcium was present at the age of 50. So uh, a CT scan with a calcium score to identify higher risk women it's quite easy to do, it's cheap, it's, it's, it's quite easy to perform, and it helps us to identify the high-risk group of women just at middle age. 
So we have all kinds of possibilities now uh, in our female patients. And I must say that I think it's about seven years ago that I did the last exercise test in one of my female patients because uh, at middle age, exercise testing is not very helpful in women. Um, so I think it's it's getting more and more a bit of a useless test for this uh, in, uh, indication also and identification of high-risk women, it's not useful at all. Thank you so much, you both. It was a, an intriguing, a very interesting discussion. And we learn a lot about traditional risk factor, which in young age have a stronger effect in female than in men. And this change with the older age and the role of stress is pretty important for young female as tra non-traditional risk factor let's say um, and especially is linked to the role of female and to the uh, way to cope with stress which is different in male and female um, the hypertensive heart disease is also a point that i keep in mind uh, this delay in the diagnosis uh, um, and therapy that may play a role. So this uh, say, okay, yeah. no, maybe it's hypertension, maybe not, let's wait and see. Yeah. Um, this kind of uh, <laughs> clinical practice should be forgotten. And then heart failure, um, the FPEF, sometimes we say is the um, small female heart disease. And, uh, but they are quite, a challenge in diagnosis and especially in early diagnosis when female doesn't present with uh, heart failure um, symptoms. So your message to reduce the cardiovascular uh, complication in women with hypertension is of course early diagnosis and a therapy which is started so quickly as in men. And uh, I think concerning Minoka, for example, is also to stop to talk about atypical symptoms. There are no atypical symptoms. There are female symptoms. Female there are characteristic symptoms. Uh, symptoms for the underlying problems. So, for instance, if you, you, you have spasm in the coronary arteries, which is quite often present in some symptomatic women at middle age, you will have a bit of fluctuating symptoms, crescendo, decrescendo. And, you know, it's quite easy to, to, to understand that this mechanism is present when you talk to patients. Absolutely. So it was a pleasure to discuss with you this interesting tema. I thank you, Eva. I thank you, Angela, for your um, participation. And I thank you all for listening. Have a nice evening. Okay. Bye-bye.